Good morning. We want to welcome you to Daniel's Bible Church. We're so glad that you're worshiping with us today. Um, you can tell that this is a little bit different service than uh, normal, and we are. This is our Christmas service, and this is. We hope that it is a joy to your heart. We hope that it lifts your heart up to uh, God, and and I, I hope that it prepares you well for the Christmas season coming up. Looking forward to the uh, celebration of the birth of Christ. Um, we will not be, this is the first Sunday in December, we will not be taking up an offering though, uh, we will postpone that to next week. Um, so, these kids are ready, these, this, they're leading off our service, so they're just ready to, to do that. So let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and, uh, Thank the Lord for our time. Father, we thank you for just the, the privilege of being able to serve you uh, in this way. Thank you for music. Uh, Lord, what a joy it is to sing praises to you um, and, and to just rehearse through these songs just the, the, the story of Christ coming to earth. Lord, we, we thank you for this time of year to be able to celebrate that and to, to just be reminded of what you have done for us, the sacrifices you have made um, in sending a son, your son, to die on the cross and to, to be born, to live a righteous life, and then in obedience to die on the cross for our sins. We just pray that you would be honored and glorified with our time today. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to Daniel's Bible Church. Let's confess our faith together in the words of question 121 from the Heidelberg Catechism. In the Lord's Prayer, why is there added, who art in heaven? These words teach us to not think of God's heavenly majesty in an earthly manner. They also teach us to expect from his almighty power all things we need for body and soul. What an unspeakable blessing it is as we prepare to celebrate Emmanuel, God with us. But these words help keep us from the error of confining God into one man, into an object made by human hands. He is not some local God, as was so often thought of by uh, pagans in the ancient world. God is above his creation. He sits in heaven. He is other. He is holy. And as we prepare again to celebrate the incarnation of God in the person of Jesus Christ, we also need to remember that God is completely outside of his creation as well as in it. In the Lord's Prayer, why is there added, who art in heaven? These words teach us These words teach us to not think of God's heavenly majesty in an earthly manner. They also teach us to expect from his almighty power all things we need for body and soul.
Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, what a joyful day it is to come together to offer you this somewhat unique worship throughout our year, to focus our hearts on the incarnation of God in your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, as we prepare to celebrate, to give you our song, our worship, our devotion, as we go forth over the coming weeks looking forward to the celebration of Christmas, I pray that you would help us to remember that you are not just our Father, but our Heavenly Father. Father, I pray that you would help us to remember that you are God. You are imminent, you are with us, but you are also outside of your creation. You are above your our, your creation. Father, I pray that you would accept our worship this morning, that you would be pleased with us, that you would shape our hearts and our minds as we go forward over the coming weeks to the celebration of your Son, who came to die on the cross that we might live in heaven forever. Again, I pray that you would accept our worship and that you would be pleased with us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.
but his heart went. Then he tried to say, but he couldn't say, but his heart went, because he couldn't talk anymore.
After, after man's fall, God still had a plan to redeem his people. And so he addressed the serpent in Genesis 3 and what we call the Proto-Evangelium. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. And while that is the first promise we see of the coming of Christ, it is not the only one. In Genesis 22, when God told Abraham to offer his own son, Abraham had faith. And before he went through with it, God stopped him, provided a sacrifice. And then, as it says in Genesis 22, starting in verse 15, Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your your son, your only son. Indeed, I will greatly bless you, and I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your seed shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. But from where will this seed come? Micah tells us in chapter 5, verse 2. But as for you, Bethlehem, Ephrath, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you, from you one, will go forth to, from, one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. And jumping ahead to verse 4, And he will arise and shepherd his flock, in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will remain, because at that time he will be great to the ends of the earth. This one will be our peace. But how will we recognize him? Isaiah 7:14. We see, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son. And she will call his name Emmanuel. And later Isaiah tells us in chapter 53, Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And like a root out of a parched, out of parched ground, he has no stately form or majesty 
that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him.
Luke records for us in chapter 2, starting in verse 6 of his gospel. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And John records for us really the majesty of who this was laying in the manger. And John 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he, he was in the beginning with God. All things came to being through him, and apart from him nothing came into being which has come into being. In him was life, and the light was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And jumping down to verse 14, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth.
Well, we are glad that you are with us. This is a little early to uh, be celebrating Christmas. We're uh, 20, what, 21 days, 22 days out. But uh, if you just think about it this way, that just as you're, you're preparing yourself for what uh, we will be celebrating, and uh, that is the, the birth of, of Christ. And we have much to celebrate. We have much to celebrate. And uh, so as believers going into Christmas season, this is just a, a wonderful time to prepare our hearts. Uh, there's one passage that wasn't read. And I would like to read for us just to uh, just to think through just just bre- well for the next 45 minutes. So just settle in. I'm just kidding. Not 45 minutes. The next five minutes. Matthew chapter one, verse 18 says, now, the birth of Jesus was as follows. Now, this is Matthew, and he's giving us his account of the, of the birth of Christ. When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child. Now, that's a sad thing. It's a sad situation. He's giving us the perspective here from Joseph, the, the father. We, we don't hear much about Joseph. But uh, that he was a part of this equation and uh, they were engaged. Now, within the Jewish community, that would have been the, the first stage of marriage. And that, could have, that would have been a year-long uh, engagement. And it would have been a, a legal binding agreement there of engagement. A little bit different from our uh, engagement today. It would have been binding. And she was found to be with child, it says, by the Holy Spirit. There's no second man out there, but Joseph doesn't know that. And the Holy Spirit uh, is visiting then with Joseph in verse 19. And Joseph, her husband, uh, being a righteous man and uh, was not wanting to disgrace her, Planning to send her away privately. He, he was, he was thinking through the, the whole divorce process. Because that would, what it, that was what it would take to break that agreement. He would have to write her out a certificate of divorce and hand that to her. And what he's thinking here is, can he trust this girl? Am I going to attach myself with this girl that I can't trust? She's, she's now with child. Obviously, something's going on here. And he's pondering these things. And it says he's a righteous man. And so he doesn't want to disgrace her publicly. So he's going to do this privately. That's what a righteous man does. Verse 20. But when he had considered these things. So he's thinking through these things. An angel uh, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in the dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. This is a supernatural thing. God is now, God detached out there. He is now interjecting himself into Joseph's life. Into the life of the Jewish culture. The Jewish uh, time and place right there. The, even, even the human race, we would say. Into the affairs of man. And I'm so thankful that that God did not just leave us the way we are. He interjected. God has a plan, a plan of redemption. And verse 21 tells us why. 
She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That's the why. That's why this is so important here. That's, that's the purpose that God is interjecting Himself into, into man's affairs. He will save His people from their sin. Who is His people? Well, it was the Jewish people, obviously. The Jews at that time. But we know that it reaches far beyond the Jews. It's anyone who puts their faith and trust in their Messiah, into the, the Jewish Messiah. But He says, for... He will save His people from what? From their sins. Folks, that's man's biggest problem. Is that we are sinners. We are born in sin. We live in sin. We die in sin. We are sinners. We are rebelling against God. If you're with us on Sunday mornings, normally, uh, you know we've been discussing, thinking through sin and that whole process. And we, we know that if we die in our sin hell awaits for us that is the most dangerous place to be and we see in scripture we are in sin we're we're considered in that category of sinners we're in sin every one of us no exception unless unless you put your faith and trust in jesus christ he will save his people from their sins we have to become his people we put our faith and trust in him And Paul reminds us in Romans chapter 12, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We have to step out of being in sin and we put ourselves in Christ and we are, we're placed in Him. He then becomes our Savior. He he took our sin. He gives us His righteousness so that we stand before God completely justified. Just as if we had not sinned at all. Now that's an amazing thing. That's a Savior. That's what He came to do. He, he will save His people from their sins. Folks, that's, that's, that's something to celebrate. That, that's, a, that's good news right there. And then in verse 22 it says, Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. This shouldn't surprise us. God had a plan of redemption from the very point of creation he had this plan and and he exposed that plan he was very clear throughout the the old testament and this is what we've been singing about this is the christ this is the one that that joseph had been waiting for this is the one that that he was aware needed to come they were aware that they needed salvation this was the hope this was what they were trusting god for someone to conquer Rome, someone to to reign in Jerusalem, someone to bring peace on earth forever. And this is the Christ. This is the one that we've been waiting for. He's going to save his people from their sin. And the key is faith and trust in him. Turning from our sinfulness to Christ. And that one little act of faith, that one little act of believing in Him, that, that's just, that one simple little thing places us in a completely different category. No more in sin. No more condemnation. No uh, plan of hell for us for eternity, but a plan of life. Eternal life. 
for those who are in Christ Jesus. And folks, that's what we celebrate. That's what we celebrate. I put up Christmas lights uh, yesterday. Uh, we put up a Christmas tree. We're going to buy gifts. It's just, just the way we, we celebrate, just part of celebration. I talked with a, a man at Walmart, and I asked him what he was going to do for Christmas, and he says, nothing. And I think, you know, you're not celebrating the Savior's birth. We have, we have reason to celebrate, folks. He, God had made a plan of redemption many, many years ago. He carried it up to completion. And now He's working that in our life. And someday it's going to be for our glorification. And that's, that's worth celebrating. I would encourage you, if you are still in that category of in your sins, there's a hell awaits for you. But if you are in the category of in Christ, folks, He is the Savior. He is the Savior. He came to save His people from their sin. If you haven't done that, if you haven't placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I would encourage you to do that today. Today. Think about that this Christmas season. What, what Christ has done for us. Of taking us from our sinful position to putting us in Himself, in Christ. He is the Savior. He is our Savior. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank You for allowing us to sing about this, this redemptive plan that You have made before the foundation of the world. And Lord, you brought it to pass. You are bringing it to pass even in our very lives. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for a Savior who will save us from our own sinfulness. Lord, that's what we need. We thank you, Lord, for Christ, for being that Savior. Lord, as we celebrate this Christmas season, may we we remember that we have much to celebrate. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.